Hello, and thank you for joining us for our session today. My name is Eric Trower. I'm a member of the marketing team at SICK. For those of you not familiar with us, SICK is a leading provider of sensor solutions. Today, we welcome Phantom Auto co-founder, Elliot Katz, and VP of product, Nels Alstad, who will discuss how remote operation technology can increase safety, labor accessibility, and operational resilience for supply chain and logistics operations around the world. If you have any questions during the presentation, please type them in the Q&A box found on the right-hand side. We'll take time at the end of the presentation to address as many questions as time allows. Lastly, I'd like to mention that following today's presentation, a recording of this webinar will be emailed to each of you, as well as those who registered but may not have been able to attend. At this time, I'd like to turn it over to our presenters, Elliot and Nils. Great, thanks, Eric, and uh, welcome to everyone who is uh, attending here virtually. And thank you very much to uh, SICK and the team for giving us this platform. I think and hope that everyone will find this uh, to be an interesting 30 to 45 minutes. My name is Elliot Katz. I'm a co-founder here at Phantom Auto, and I'd love to introduce my colleague, Nils Alstad, who is our uh, VP of product. Nils? Hey, everyone. Super excited to be here today and present to all of you. As Elliot mentioned, I'm the VP of product here at Phantom. And I will be narrating the live demo that you're going to see during this presentation. Uh, previously to Phantom, I worked at Amazon. And my last assignment at Amazon was leading the development efforts to develop some of the remote capabilities for some of Amazon robotics solutions. But with further ado, over to you, Elliot. Thanks, Nels. So hopefully everyone can see my screen. I'm going to start with a little bit of an overview on uh, the company. I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of you are new to Phantom Auto and then dive into our remotely operated forklift solution. So a little bit about the company quickly. We, we founded the company in 2017. We have our headquarters in Silicon Valley and also have an office, an R&D center in Tel Aviv. Um, we've raised about $25 million to date. Our Series A was led by uh, Bessemer Venture Partners, a big VC shop here in the Valley. We currently have about 70 employees and, and growing pretty rapidly. We're in a growth phase right now. And we have customers throughout North America, um, Europe, and also in, in Asia as well. And so what do we do? What do we provide? We provide uh, remote communication software that enables our customers to remotely monitor, remotely assist, and remotely drive any unmanned vehicle from up to thousands of miles away. And I put an emphasis on any unmanned vehicle because our technology is uh, vehicle agnostic, we're also network agnostic. We can work over uh, 4G LTE. We can work over Wi-Fi. We can work over 5G. And we are hardware agnostic as well. Now, what do these terms mean? Remote monitoring, remote assistance, and remote driving. I'll use an example here of a autonomous forklift or an AMR. Um, you know, our customers come to us because they want to 
uh, deploy in, in live warehouse environments. And they um, oftentimes come to us, they're, they're kind of stuck in a, in a pilot zone in more of a controlled environment. And they want to go into that live warehouse where you find other vehicles, you find other humans, um, there's stuff on the ground. It's a pretty dynamic environment, which can be uh, sometimes tricky for any type of uh, vehicle moving autonomously. So if you have an autonomous forklift, an AMR, uh, what we provide is the ability for a human to be remotely monitoring multiple of those vehicles at once. So say one remote operator per five forklifts, that ratio uh, can change depending on the customer circumstances. And they're just monitoring the forklifts. The forklifts are moving autonomously. And then if something is to go wrong and there's some sort of edge case for the autonomous system, this could be as simple as uh, paper residue on the ground. It could be um, a larger object in the vehicle's path and the vehicle's not sure if it's something uh, that it could uh, potentially drive through like a you know, plastic bag on the floor or, or drive around. At that point, uh, the, the human can either remotely assist or remotely drive the vehicle. So in terms of remote assistance, this could be as simple as uh, a command, right? Turn left, turn right, uh, stop, go, et cetera. But it's a human brain that's making that determination via, via camera feed, a live camera feed. Um, it could also be that that human draws a path for the vehicle. Um, that the vehicle can then drive autonomously. Um, and once you are past that edge case, uh, that remote monitor can pass back control of the vehicle to the autonomous system. Now, the other option here, especially if you're dealing with a more complex or dynamic edge case is actual remote driving. So the forklift is moving autonomously, all of a sudden uh, something is in its path or it doesn't know what its next move should be. The remote operator can, again, using a live camera feed, real-time video feed, uh, remotely drive that forklift um, around whatever is in its path and then pass back control to the autonomous system. As I mentioned earlier, we are uh, vehicle agnostic. So we are not just working on uh, forklifts. We also have customers in the delivery robot space, um, customers that are deploying trucks, specifically yard trucks in distribution center yards, and also passenger vehicles as well. I would say that our core focus today is really that um, logistics space, whether it's uh, inside the warehouse, outside the warehouse and distribution center yards, or that uh, last mile delivery with delivery robots. And the reason for that is uh, that is where we believe that these types of unmanned vehicles um, can be deployed today. And, and we are you know, deploying uh, some of these vehicles today. So we have a lot of conviction there, as opposed to uh, passenger vehicles, which we also believe are going to be deployed here but it is going to take some amount of years um, to really get um, sort of volume of vehicles on the ground. And so I'll play quickly. This is just uh, uh, about a 30 second clip 
Um, one of our customers is uh, Geotis, large uh, international logistics company. Uh, with them, we're doing fully remotely operated forklifts. Um, and you can see in the video here, this is showing uh, those forklifts in their warehouses. This is actually taking place in Europe. You see some Geotis digital drivers, the, the women you saw before, they've been trained to do the remote operation. Um, in addition to what you saw there in the video, as it mentioned, um, we actually did some remote operation just to show the robustness of our technology with a remote operator sitting in Silicon Valley, uh, remotely operating forklifts um, again in, in Europe, uh, specifically France, so about 5,000 miles away. At the bottom of the slide, you can see some of our other um, customers and in, in partners. And um, specifically, I'd like to call out in terms of forklift OEMs, because that's the topic today. We have some good partnerships uh, there. And, you know, we are vehicle agnostic. So if anyone is listening in the crowd today thinking that's great that, you know, there's some existing partnerships with uh, Mitsubishi Logisnacks and Unicarriers and, and Kion, um, but I, you know, my fleet is comprised of a different OEM. That's that's not a problem for us. We can work with your existing OEM and, and your existing setup. So in terms of forklift use cases, um, there's really two ways that our customers are using our technology today. The first one is, is really what I overviewed earlier, and that's autonomous forklifts uh, that need to get out of you know, controlled pilot environments and, and be deployed broadly in warehouses. And to do that, you need the same amount of uptime that you would otherwise have um, you know, if a human was on the lift uh, manually driving it. And, and that's really what we provide, even though um, autonomy is going to run into um, some issues, some edge cases. We are there remotely monitoring and with the ability to assist or drive uh, whenever anything goes wrong. Obviously, we're increasing vehicle uptime, we're increasing efficiency. Um, and in certain cases, with certain customers, we're also uh, drastically increasing the operational capabilities of, of the vehicles in, in certain warehouses. The second way that we're working with customers today is fully remotely operated forklifts. So this is actually a one-to-one. -one. You have a human um, that's sitting in a digital driving center or even from their home that's remotely operating uh, one forklift at a time. And there's many reasons that our customers are um, engaging with us on this product, I would say, the main drivers are as follows. First of all, um, safety is an ever-present issue, obviously, in, in the warehouse and space. I'm sure everyone on the line is, is aware of all the stats, but one in 10 forklifts is involved in an accident each year. Unfortunately, that can result in pretty severe bodily injury, even at times death. And so if you have the ability, if our customers have the ability to uh, remove the operators from within the warehouse into a lower risk environment, uh, like an office building, uh, that is a big safety win, not only for the employers, 
but also for the employees um, themselves. And then I, I guess you could say a 2020 and 2021 driver for some of our customers was obviously the health risk around COVID-19 that is still unfortunately with us. I would say since 2020, all of our customers have been uh, making attempts to drastically reduce the number of humans physically inside their warehouses. Um, so that has been a, a, a near-term aim as well. A second big driver for our customers is expanding and diversifying the labor pool. So we hear consistently, uh, you know, across the logistics space from every single one of our customers and prospects that one of, if not the biggest issue uh, is hiring and retaining talent to do these jobs. And what we're doing with remote operation is we're removing that geographic restriction to hiring, right? Formerly, you know, you had to hire people uh, that were in commuting distance, let's say, of, of the warehouses. And now you can hire people all over the country, potentially all over the world. So that's really opening up opportunities uh, for our customers who are, you know, desperately looking for talent for forklift operators uh, wherever they can find it. In addition to expanding uh, the labor pool by removing those geographic restrictions, we're also diversifying uh, the labor pool as well. So we have customers um, that have people that are uh, wheelchair bound, people that are you know, in geographically isolated areas um, and, and others that uh, otherwise would not have been part of this labor pool, could not have had the opportunity to do this sort of job if they had to manually operate the forklift. And now with our uh, technology, they have that opportunity as well. So it's not just um, removing those geographic restrictions, it's also adding people into that labor pool, which is desperately needed, uh, especially right now. The third um, big driver here is productivity and efficiency gains. Um, and especially, um, I'll use the example of, of e-commerce. Um, typically, those players have a, a major surge period during the holidays, let's say October um, or November through January. Um, since March 2020, there has basically been a surge that has not subsided. Right, with everyone sitting at home ordering goods. And so with our technology, you have the ability to really deal in real time with any of those surges or overflows. So the example I would give is, you know, we work with large customers that have warehouses all across the country. And you have a digital driving center uh, in, in, in a central location and all of a sudden there is overflow in your warehouse in New Jersey. And so you, you press a button and instantly on demand, you can have five, 10, 15 digital drivers uh, remote in, essentially teleport in and deal with that overflow. And then things normalize um, in New Jersey, but uh, in the next couple hours, you have an overflow or surge activity in your warehouse in Oregon. 
you click the same button, you can have the exact same drivers uh, teleport into that warehouse and deal with the surge and, and overflow in real time, right? There's not this, um, you know, I reach out to the temp agency a couple days later, you know, they, they get me additional employees. You can deal with these shocks um, here and now. And so uh, a customer case study, you know, I mentioned before that we're working with Geodis, one of the largest logistics companies in the world. And specifically, we're working with them on the last application that I mentioned before, which is fully remotely operated uh, forklifts. You saw in the video that I played before, and you can see in the, the picture in the lower right hand side of the screen, uh, we've already trained uh, multiple uh, digital drivers to uh, do this task. Um, multiple female digital drivers who are remotely operating again in their warehouses um, in France from uh, a digital driving office location. And, you know, the benefits uh, for them are, are, you know, a lot of the things that I already covered. But I think one thing that is important to mention here is that the benefits don't just run to Geodis or don't just run to the other employers that we're working with. They're, they also run towards uh, the employees as well. So, you know, our technology is unique in that we are um, a human centric technology, right? We're, we're making employees jobs better while simultaneously increasing efficiency in, in productivity for, for their employers. So it's unique in the sense that it's a, it's a win-win. And I'll kind of end with that and I'll give you a couple of examples, right? Going back to the main drivers for fully uh, remotely operated forklifts, um, again, you have health and safety, right? So the benefit to the employee is that you're eliminating that safety risk um, to the operator of operating uh, a forklift in a potentially hazardous uh, warehouse environment. You're eliminating that health risk that's currently present uh, with the pandemic. And then you're also providing these people the, the privilege to work remotely, right? The, the, the pandemic showed that, you know, people um, have the ability, people like myself, like Nils on the line, we can work remotely as long as we have our computers, um, our cell phones in, in Zoom, right? And what we're doing is basically uh, Zoom for the physical world, right? Now warehouse workers can have that same privilege. And then on the other side, the benefit to the employer with remotely operated forklifts, again, you're moving operators from potentially hazardous warehouses and putting them into office buildings. And with this shift, you are a shift of environments from warehouse to office. There's about a 90% reduction in, in workers compensations, uh, premiums per driver. So again, benefits on, on both sides. And then when it comes to labor accessibility, uh, the benefit to the employed jobs are more accessible to, to all types of people in any region and the benefit to the employer, there are, you know, more people to hire. Um, and that's, you know, just materially important right now, especially given the labor shortage. And then on the productivity side, 
um, you're eliminating walking time, you're eliminating travel time, and that's for the employee. And then for the employer, uh, you have productivity and efficiency gains and the ability to easily deal with these supply chain shocks uh, in real time. So these are all things um, that that Geodas saw, you know, that were motivating factors uh, for them and others uh, to work with us and utilize this technology. And, and I'll end with um, an idea that they've instilled in me, which is we have a space, um, a warehousing space, a logistics space, where you have somewhat of an aging workforce and you need to attract new talent um, to that workforce that wants to do this job. And a lot of what they've heard from the younger generation who, who may be digital natives or very well versed in technology, video games, et cetera, is that this is not a job um, that they believe will, will be around a long time for them, right? They're concerned that this job will be taken over uh, essentially by, by robots or, or by automation. And I think we're putting the power back into the employer's hands to be able to say, you know, we're utilizing this human centric technology. Um, you, you know, younger digital native are going to be working with technology. This is a job that's going to be here and have some staying power um, as we move forward with this digital transformation. So with that, I'll hand it over to my colleague Nils, who's going to do a bit of a deep dive on the uh, demonstration that you guys have all been watching um, on the other portions of the screen. Thank you, Elliot. So I think we had some great questions here and I'll just begin by saying that our solution in this demo you're gonna see is based on forklift. But we are also able to customize this solution for other type of vehicles. Um, and I'll explain some of how we can do that or how we can make the operator as efficient as possible. So what you see here to the left is the remote operator. This is Andy, who's one of our staff members and is a fantastic driver. And in this setup that we've customized for this vehicle, we have a steering wheel. And we have a gearbox that allows him to switch direction. We have foot pedals on the ground. We also have an e-stop or an emergency stop uh, that can't be seen in the screen, but that allows him to quickly stop the vehicle uh, should a dangerous situation occur. And to the right, we have a control center. You see a couple of colored buttons. And that allows us to uh, manipulate the forks of this vehicle but for other types of vehicles, we can also send a different type of commands. And as Elliot mentioned, the remote driver Andy here, he is able to work from anywhere in the country and he can quickly switch between both different forklifts, but also other type of vehicles in different warehouses quickly. Now, speaking about the hardware on the vehicle itself, so we have set up six cameras on this vehicle. For other type of vehicles, we can use different amounts of cameras. But the important thing here is for us to operate safely and yet be efficiently. And we're doing that by creating a 360 view around the vehicle 
that also installed specific cameras and other type of sensors to see specific part of this. For instance, we do have cameras where you can see where the fork is heading or where the fork is going to go. And you see this red light uh, flashing there to make it easy for the operator to uh, direct where he is heading. We also have our onboard computer and we have our onboard connectivity. In an indoor location, like the one we're seeing, we're going to be connecting through Wi-Fi, but we also offer for outdoor applications uh, LTE connection as well. And some of the secret sauce that Phantom offers is our ability to provide a smooth video stream. So even if you're switching between access points or LTE towers, we will enable you to keep the video feed going and have a good enough resolution for you to see what's happening around this vehicle. Apart from that, to Elliot's earlier point, we integrate with many different carriers and very many different types of vehicles. So feel free to reach out for us if you're thinking about a specific integration. We will work with you, we will understand what's needed for the vehicle, but also what's needed on the remote operator side. Eric, back to you. Great, thank you. Thank, thank you, Elliot, for the, uh, the clear explanation and Nils for walking us through that demo and for Andy for, for operating the vehicle for us. Um, we do have a number of questions coming in and just for our presenters and the audience, if for some reason this is a little too involving for today's call, we can, of course, get with you after the call. So I just want our presenters to be aware of that. Um, but we do have a couple of questions here. So let me just start off at the top. The first one is asking about whether or not the system is validated and meeting safety norms for Europe. Nils, do you want to speak to that? I can speak to that. So we are working on getting our CE mark and we are definitely working on a European vehicle. Uh, we're not there yet today, but that's coming down uh, the pipeline here in not too far out. So feel free to reach out to us and we can start those discussions now. But Europe is an important market for us that we absolutely want to serve. Okay, great. Maybe you saw the second part of this question if you were taking a look here, Nils, but it was asking about, of course, CE, which you just mentioned. But they were curious about the Geodis case in France. Is it a pilot program currently or is it actually an operation? It is a pilot program. Um, so we're still working on, on the full solution, but we're able to pilot solutions, give the customer exposure for what it might look like, but also allow the customer to try out the solution and come back to us if they want any changes um, or, or any customization. And the uh, solution that Yodis is using is in France currently. Okay, thank you. Uh, the next question here is, how do you know that the remote operators are not distracted? So basically, is there any way to, to know if the operator is paying attention to what they're doing? That's a great sure. question. Elliot, I could take that one. Yeah, yeah. go for it. So we will track the input from the driver. We will see what they're doing. And also we will use the SICK safety system that we're using together, that we're building together with you, Eric, to make sure that the operator is traveling safely and following all of the uh, relevant safety standards for these type of vehicles. 
So we have a number of things in place to make sure that we're safe, but we also do track metrics and productivity that will allow the company using our solution to know that the drivers are paying attention, doing their job, and being just as productive as someone would be uh, that might be working on site. I would also add one thing, Eric, which is this is uh, a managed environment, right? When you think of a digital driving center, you have all the operators sitting together in, in one room. You can have a manager overseeing what they're doing. We've actually had some funny instances where some customers have told us stories about very, very large uh, sites where their forklift operators could just get lost essentially at the site and no one would know where they were. They call it a forklift siesta. Uh, where in the middle of the day, you know, people would just go to a certain corner of the warehouse and I don't know, check Facebook or do something like that. Um, here, you do have a managed environment. It's an interesting, interesting thought. I hadn't heard of that before. Great. Uh, this is probably a question that's on a lot of the audience's mind. How are the legal requirements handled for safety incidents? For example, if the op operator is sitting remotely. Um, you know, if there's somewhere else in the world, who would be responsible if, for, for example, there were an issue with a forklift and a human in that location? Yeah, I can uh, tackle that. So the the liability scheme here is is really no no different than if you had a, a manual forklift. And what what I mean by that is if something was to go wrong with our technology. Right. Um, and, and by the way, just so everyone understands, if the question that we get frequently is what if World War three breaks out and, and all cell towers go down, you know, Wi-Fi is not available. What what happens to the forklifts? The exact same thing that that has to happen for an autonomous vehicle. Right. The term of art is minimal risk condition. So the vehicle would just come to a, a safe stop. But in the event that uh, you know some sort of incident takes place and it's due to technological malfunction on the Phantom Auto side, we we would be saddled with that liability in the same way that if you're on a uh, manually operating a lift truck today and and something was to go wrong with the physical vehicle, the the OEM would be on the hook uh, there, saddled with that liability. Um, so the scheme doesn't change. It just depends on what is the causal factor that caused the incident um, as to how that determination is made. Okay, great. Yeah, let's switch gears a little bit here. So we have another question coming in. This one is a little long, if you'll bear with me. Do you have a remote control upgrade package for robots like the Boston Dynamics Spot? We also have some local companies that produce robots that currently do not have long-range remote capabilities. What's your recommended integration package? That's a great question. So, unfortunately, we can't be as specific. And the answer here is it depends on the vehicle. It depends on what you want that vehicle to do. Um, so, we do, up, we do offer upgrade kits for a lot of vehicles. We might need some integration and some customization. Uh, but it's basically on a case-by-case -case basis. Now, we do offer connectivity. We will offer an on, on the robot or on the vehicle uh, computer as well. And then we'll work tightly with the customer to understand requirements and exactly what's needed. 
but we will absolutely help out. And we have many different categories of products that we can help you with for your specific solution to give you those long range remote capabilities. Excellent. This might be a, a kind of a similar answer for this this question here that you might want to just get in touch with the customer, but they ask for vehicles with more complex movement controls operating in open environments, uh, excavators, for example, of different sizes, will you be creating an advanced off the shelf solution or should they just get in touch with Phantom to customize the platform? That's a great question again here. Yeah, we, we offer a, a standard package or a standard solution and we can then customize that heavily. So it might not be that the hardware needs to change much, but if you look at the operator screen down to the bottom left, you see that we do have a lot of extra controls. We have a lot of buttons and stuff, and we'll work with the customer to understand how they uh, would like to use those buttons or gearboxes or, um, or the other type of, of input to control their vehicle. Sure. Per uh, here's a great question regarding training. What type of training is involved and how long does it take? What does OSHA require for training as it relates to remote operation employees and who's providing the training? I can take it, Nils, or would you like to? Yeah. So um, in terms of training, it's a, it's a very good question. And um, it's interesting because when we started the company, we thought that we were going to provide uh, not only the software that that powers this, but also the the bodies, the the labor as well. And it turns out that we were very wrong on on part two. And the reason is because uh, for the companies that we work with, uh, automation, especially um, for a lot of their workforce, is is you know it's it's not thought of well, right? Automation kind of equals job displacement. And what we're enabling is we're enabling, um, you know, the forklift operators that have been, you know, doing this task for the last 10, 20, 30 years to flex that exact same muscle, uh, but do so from a nice um, warm office environment. And so uh, we are not providing the humans that are doing this activity. These are the employees of our customers. And in terms of the training, we do the training. Uh, we have trainers in-house that can train our customers um, to do this initially, right? Let's say when we're at um, a pilot phase or, or the beginning of a scale-up. But typically our customers, when they're really looking to scale, um, are going to go through our train the trainer program. So we can train someone internally at the customer so that they don't have to come back to the well every time they have 10, 20, 30, 50 new uh, operators that need to be trained. In terms of the length of time, it, it really varies. Um, I would say, you know, there's a classroom component and an actual uh, operation component. We've seen this done as quickly as just a few days. We've seen this take uh, a few weeks. Everyone is somewhat different. And, and typically the question that I get asked is, you know, is there a kind of an archetype or a, a type of person that's, that's best suited for this task? And we've seen a lot of different types of people that are, are very good at remote operation. You know, we, we can take people that have no experience 
um, even operating a, a forklift, right? But maybe they um, have a lot of experience with technology or, or video games, et cetera. They can pick this up very quickly. And then we can take people who have been manually operating forklifts for a number of years, go through our training process, um, and they come out the other end as, as a very good, safe, efficient uh, remote operator as well. Thank you, Elliot. Well, that's really all the time we have today, everybody. So I want to thank again, Elliot and Nels for presenting from Phantom Auto. This has been fantastic learning experience, I think, for all of us. And I'm sure some of you on the call still have a few questions, but just, just know that we do have your information. Um, we have all those questions available to us and can uh, certainly follow up with you to uh, talk a little bit more about this technology. And I just want to remind everybody to stay tuned to our upcoming webinars from the live insights from our expert series, which can be found on sick.com and in our newsletter. Thanks everyone and have a great day.